What's going on, guys? Zach here with another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Today, I am talking to the one and only George Bruno. He has been in the acting, entertainment, he's been in commercials, movies, shows, uh, public speaking, interacting with others, working daily in the people business when he's cutting hair. The man knows a thing or two about engagement and old school life lessons, you know, before technology came around. As well as working on, I mean, the guy has over 166,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. So he lives in the physical and digital world well. And I wanted to pick his brain as to what he's seen develop over the years and how men can capitalize and position themselves to come out on top. And before we dive into that, I want to talk about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by PeacefulFathers.com. Now, I've shared that on many previous episodes, but check it out. PeacefulFathers.com is run by the founder, Anthony Migliorino. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at PeacefulFathers. The man is creating content that will help you connect with your children. So whether you have children or you don't and you want children, follow the content, put him on your timeline, and therefore you can set yourself up for a future where you're better connected with the kids that you have or you start out on the right foot with the kids you're going to have. But listening to me say, hey, check out this sponsor, that's not enough. Go there. The links are below. Click the links. Dive into the content. There's a reason I'm bringing them up. So look, if you want to raise kids who can survive and thrive in the physical world and the digital you're going to want to connect with Anthony and George. So take the lessons Anthony's bringing to you to connect with your children and then follow the advice you're about to hear with George Bruno on the Family Alpha Podcast. Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com, and co-founder of the fraternity of excellence.com. Let's get to work. All right. It brings me great pleasure to welcome you back to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zachary Small. And today I am joined by a guest who I've likely appeared on screen and on stage with more than any other content creator out there. Actor, public speaker. Uh, working in the advertising industry, you'll see him on pamphlets, you'll see him all over YouTube. That is the one and the only George Bruno. George, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Zach. I was I had this topic rolling through my mind on how technology is here and it's such a part of our world, yet we don't actually know the full ramifications of what the technology is doing to us, but I am noticing a few negative themes and negative trends. And with your years in the business of basically entertainment and interaction with people, I wanted to break down what you've been seeing and maybe some lessons you've noticed or could pass on to those who could maybe break away from the electrons and get back into the physical world and ensure they're, they're focusing more on that part of their life as opposed to, I guess, randomly arguing online. But before we dive into all that, for those who don't know you, who is George Bruno? What have you been up to? Well, uh, for those that don't know me, um, I have a profession and a career. My profession is I was a psychotherapist for 22 years, uh, master's level, a thousand postgraduate hours, clinical work, hardcore clinical work in hospitals and psychiatric hospitals, uh, working with a lot of criminals, working with a lot of uh, inmates over the years, uh, profiling doing a lot of writing, psych evals, that kind of thing. Uh, I also am a guy that cuts hair, which is my family trade. I do that a couple days a week, and uh, it's something that I love. I'm just a, a firm believer that every man needs to have a profession and a career, or as my grandfather would say, something you can do with your hands. He would say, 
And uh, uh, like I cut hair all day today and I had a ball doing it and uh, it's talking and it's coaching and it's dealing with men and it's making money and it's, it's uh, you know, it's just, it's just a great thing to do. I, I actually love it. So, but when I say a trade, I mean, carpentry, like, you know, electricity, uh, auto mechanics, welding, um, you know, anything like that, fixing, repairing things that you can do with your hands, no matter what your degree is in, always have something you can do with your hands. You might be shuffling papers all week in an office, but you change the oil in your car, you give your car a tune up on the weekends or you're, you know, uh, you know, doing demolition uh, and tearing out an old bathroom and putting in a new bathroom in your home, stuff like that. Uh, without having to hire somebody. Uh, I grew up with the kind of family where my dad never hired people to do stuff. Never. We always learned how to do it ourselves. And then, of course, I was right there with him learning how to use tools. Uh, and having a workshop in the house was always, uh, you know, that was always kind of like the center of of the man cave, so to speak. And that's where our weight room was. And uh, and a lot of things got built, um, you know, on that workbench in the basement. But um, uh, I started a YouTube channel about uh, five years ago uh, to deal with men's grooming, just to get men back to good old fashioned masculine grooming, uh, shaving, skin care, basically taking care of a man from the, you know, the shoulders up, that kind of thing. The moneymaker. And, uh, and it was, yeah, you know, and it was, a, it was a, it was a fun trip. And I started, <clears throat> I started um, talking about like certain ways that we trim our beards. Like if you do this, it's more masculine. Uh, don't do that because it takes away from like a more manly look and that kind of thing. And I started getting into more masculinity issues. So men's grooming into masculinity, that type of thing, and coaching and guiding men. And one thing led to another. And of course, I've been speaking for about mm, at least 35 or 40 years in venues, conferences, retreats, things like that, colleges. I taught in five different colleges. I taught psych, advanced psych, uh, psychology of personality, uh, psychology of career development, develop these courses, uh, and really have had a nice, rich career, a very rich career. And I'm, I'm very proud of what I've done and still want to do a lot more, still want to do a lot more. I mean, I didn't get my first cell phone till I was 40. I didn't get my first computer till I was 40. And, uh, you know, so I represent like an older generation that is, um, I don't want to say behind on tech, but I lived the analog life till I was 40 years old. I mean, for me, uh, a pen and paper, like, you know, a, a clipboard with, with a pen and paper on it were, was my iPad, you know? Um, I have three children. I was married. I'm no, I'm no longer married, and that's about 20 years ago uh, that that ended. And, um, you know, raised my kids in a very um, distant kind of way. Uh, I'm a good example of the guy that was alienated from his kids and uh, tried and tried and tried and tried and spent more money than any human being I know. 
trying to make that happen. Um, and then really came to the, the conclusion that, you know, just be there for your kids, be there, for, tell them that you love them, you believe in them. And rather than breathing down their neck all the time, I'm just there for them. And, um, and that's kind of like where I am with my family, uh, you know, where, where that's concerned. And the kids do make their way back to their dad uh, after they've been alienated. It's, it's a fact. They eventually do come back to their, their father. They all have a father hunger, um, especially if dad was just a visitor, every other weekend guy, that kind of thing, which broke my heart so much that there was nothing more to break. I mean, literally, I was, I literally uh, became nothing in the process and was hammered um, and had to deal with it and just had to deal with it. And I'm talking decades of it. So uh, now as a, uh, as a single man of uh, three grown children, 18, 22, and 25, um, all I can do is be there for them. And so much of my, of my YouTube channel uh, is literally directed towards my children. It's, it's a lot of fathering, fathering-ish kind of advice that Maybe someday when I'm not here, they will look back and see so much of the things that their dad taught and expressed that they never got to experience. So that's where I'm at. You know, I'm really glad I threw the ball your way because there's no way I could have captured all of that. <laughs> but that lays a solid foundation yeah. from where you're coming from. You know, your experiences, the things you've seen work, the things you've seen not work, you know, what's worked in your life. And importantly, you know, you've watched this evolve. You know, you didn't get your laptop till 40. I'm 34. Yeah. You you had six years before you had your first laptop on my life. So, and I've, to me, I'm like, I've lived a long life. Like I've done a lot of things. You had done a lot of things, then gone six more years and then started in this digital world, which has become just a part of life now. Like this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. This is now our new normal. I mean, to the point where yeah. people work like this now, like the way we're just having this discussion, that's how they do their job. You know, and I think it's important to note that plaque behind you, you have over 160,000 subscribers to your channel. This isn't like a, yeah. a little channel on beards. Like this is huge. And you really are yeah. all over the place on the things that you're covering. And that's initially when we had first met, I think it was six, five, four, five or six years ago. You know, it was the the big beard. And then when I met you, you had trimmed it. I was like, are you the same guy? <laughs> like, I think you're you, yeah. but I'm not sure. Like there's like a foot missing from your face, you know? So yeah. that was, yeah. that was awesome. But it's been really cool to watch you evolve. And I've been taking a lot of notes, you know, Phil Foster and I, mutual friend of ours, we've always said, you're the most professional gentleman we know, how you conduct yourself, yeah. how you engage others. You, you find a way to pull gems from people. And I do my best to emulate that with me now sitting in the, 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 the driver's seat and having you in the hot seat. You know, I try to, how can yeah. I get the gems from yeah. George? How can I get the gems from my guests? So the work you're doing, it's yeah. others coming up or watching and taking notes. But I mean, that's, it's just incredible to hear how much you did before you started this and how much you've done since starting it. It's, it's really, it's, yeah. it's equally impressive, but it's also now let's get what you've learned from that. Like, I really want to see what did you glean from all that you've seen and the direction yeah. you're seeing us head as a, as a people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always say treat a man like a gentleman, even if, even if he doesn't know it yet. And, uh, at the conferences where you and I have shared stages and the conferences that I've spoken at hundreds, 
hundreds of retreats and conferences and men's weekends and that kind of thing. Um, I'm usually the guy running out there shaking hands first and complimenting a guy's tie or his haircut or his beard or his pocket knife or, or, you know, like whatever, uh, you know, his fountain pen or just like whatever it is to try to build a bridge to a man. And I find that you can build bridges to men through their stuff. And men are so much quicker to talk about their stuff than they are about themselves. So for me, that door, that bridge is a man's stuff. So as you might've noticed at various uh, public events, I just go from person to person and say, I really like that jacket. Wow, where'd you get that tie? Oh, I dig that beard. Man, I love your glasses. Where'd you get them? You know, and starting and while I'm shaking a man's hand, you know, and I'm the guy that just does that. I'm the guy that breaks the ice like that. And I've, I learned this in college many years ago that you need to be the friendliest man. Well, initially when I was in college, I took a class on campus ministry uh, and how to do campus ministry. And the, and the teacher said, be the friendliest man on the college campus, the friendliest guy, just be the guy that everybody likes. And, you know, and that just has stayed with me. Just be the guy that is the friendliest person to the point where I have gone places and people thought I was the director of the event because I was so friendly. And the director was just like a wallflower standing in the corner waiting for people to come to him. And I'm the one going, hey, good to see you tonight. What's your name? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, and, and uh, you know, oh, well, well, tell me about that. Or how far did you have to drive to get here tonight? You know, just just stuff like that. So people would always think I'm the director of an event when I'm actually just trying to do what the director should be doing. And that's stirring up conversation and getting people away from these little dyads and triads and start mixing with people at, at uh, business meetings, business card exchanges, networking events and such. And that's how I operate my life uh, through hundred percent networking. Our mutual friend Donovan said uh, before he started his conference that, uh, you know, he didn't, he never had any conference experience. So the, what, what did he rely on? He said his relationships and you know what, he's a very likable man and we all like him a lot. So when he, when he asked us to be part of his event, the answer was, of course, like, absolutely. Because he, he built a bridge to us. You know, he, he has been friendly with all of us. He hasn't, with all kinds of the wacky things going on in the men's development arena, he's not a guy that took sides. And I thought that was kind of cool. And, uh, and it, it certainly paid off, uh, you know, as he's developing his new uh, conference business and such. And I think, that's, I think that's wise. I think all men have something to learn from that. You know what I like about that? is we talk a lot, you know, I stress it on the, the fatherhood side that, you know, your family follows your example, not your advice. But I think that extends through with you going out there and kind of opening that up. I, I've witnessed it firsthand. You've walked up, you've grabbed me. Hey, Zach, have you met this guy? Hey, no, nice to meet you. And all of a sudden I'm forming a relationship or, hey, uh, like Taylor yeah. and Carnivore. I'd never met the guy before. Aaron, good dude. Hey, check him yeah. out. You, yeah. you guys might have something. All of a sudden we've got this whole discussion going because you said, hey, you go talk to him. And then when people see you doing that, it's almost like you gave them permission to do what they wanted to do the whole time, but they, they weren't sure how to do it. And I think that's, that's one of the things I want to focus on with this 
is getting men to give themselves permission to start doing the things in the real world that they're very comfortable doing online. You know, people are very comfortable jumping into a thread or commenting on something I say online. But if we're in person, we're sitting at a table, they go mute. Well, what happened there? You know, what, why can't you, that skill transfer? You know, and I, I was, there's this quote, and I wish I could give it to the, whoever it was because it's brilliant. But they said, we're living in an age now where men, they're still going through this. They're still facing their frustrations. They're angry and they'll go and punch a hole in the drywall. But these men who have that, that old school masculine fire in their soul no longer know how to fix the drywall they just put a hole into. That's a problem. Right. These physical real yeah. world skills. So how do you that's, see that's that? All. Yeah, no, but how do you see that playing out? You know, how do we reach or how do we get these men to start giving themselves permission to be as active in the real world as they are online? Well, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is I'm not for everybody. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And every man has to realize that he's not every man's cup of tea. But there are people who I know would appreciate that man. So I've I've said this, and, and I know you have uh, have reacted to this in the past. What is a mountain to one man is just a phone call to another. So, for instance, I... I cut the hair of uh, the CEO of the National Hockey League. He's also vice president of sports programming for N- NBC Sports. So uh, I cut his hair. We have a good time. He goes. Uh, I'm friends with a very famous NFL coach. Uh, I can clink wine glasses with him, break bread with him. If you wanted to see him, it would be six months and his secretary might let you see him for five minutes, but you could see him by calling me and I call him and guess what? I make the intro. So what is a mountain to one man is nothing but, hey, Dick, let's get together. I know I, I, I want I want you to meet somebody like that kind of thing. So. I believe that is so true. You are one person away from the one person that can change your life. Think about that at all times. So, and some people say, well, I'm not good with people. Well, then take acting lessons and become good with people. Act like you're good with people because nobody will know the difference. So it's key that we reach out to other men. It's key that we pick up the phone and call. It's key that we shake hands. It's key that we stay uh, available for people, um, rather than calling someone and asking them for a favor, call them and say, Hey man, I just want you to know if you need anything, I'm there for you. Uh, some of my greatest speaking engagements were calling, uh, conference organizers and said, Hey man, I know your speaking roster is already filled up, but if anyone ever cancels out, and sometimes people do cancel out at the last minute. I'm available to come in as a fill-in speaker and be a substitute speaker. And nine times out of 10, I end up on that stage. Dang. So just little analog techniques, rather than just sitting at our keyboard, typing away, like, thumbs up, ha-ha, LOL. You know, we're getting out there. And we're getting our hands dirty and we're creating relationships with men. And that's super important from one man to another. It's super important. If 
when you feel isolated, just know that every other man feels isolated. You know, uh, I always tell people that when they're going through problems, there's two things that are going to happen. Number one, you feel like you're going through it alone. And number two, you feel like it's never going to end. And both of those things are lies. Both of those things are not true. So if you tell somebody, hey, it's just a storm that's going to pass. I know how you feel right now. I've been there. Just all of a sudden now, that man's rough seas start to calm down a little bit. So we can, we can calm the raging sea in men just by our actions. And the analog life is a beautiful thing. Because rather than sending emails, like for every now and then I get a letter from somebody actually like, written like a physical, with pen. Yeah, a physical and, letter? <laughs> and it's actually kind of cool. And I'm like, wow. And guess what? I read the whole thing. Sometimes three times. Emails, you know, I just scan for keywords and then delete, you know, but, but real letters I hang on to. Hence my resurgence and the resurrection of writing and fountain pens for me, which helps me write letters to people. Super important. People hang on to letters. They delete emails. So I'm just a firm believer that learning how to fix the drywall, uh, better yet, teaching a man how to fix the drywall uh, is, is the better of the two. You know, that's, I've always said shaking hands is consummating the friendship. So we, we all know what consummating the marriage is, but when you consummate the friendship, if we've met online and it's just through a usernames, all right, I, I kind of know you, what you stand for. I'll check your timeline. All right, you're a writer. You got a blog. Okay, cool. I know a little bit more on longer form content. You have a YouTube. Okay. As long as you show your face, I know a little bit more. Or reach out to something like this. Now we're on Zoom. Now I see you. I see your interactions, your mannerisms. We're as close to meeting as one can get. But in that physical world, that's where the full energy is sent. And I'm as you were saying that, I'm reading or I'm I'm kind of getting the vision. The email, there's such a separation there. But in that handwritten letter, you see the physical. You see where they put their pen, the, the the way they write, the things they wanted to say. It's it's closer than the email. More effort was put in, obviously. They had to go out and get a physical product. And it's a great reminder that even a man with over 160,000 subscribers has a physical life. Mm -hmm. You go out and do things. And I think, and I'm going to assume here that when people watch your content, they're they're watching the the online George and they're thinking that's the only George. Like That's the George of that video. And George does this and George will make a video on that. Your, Your documentary on fountain pens, that's what he does. They have no idea. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it is you do so much more. If I pulled the plug electronically, you still have a life. You still have friends. You still have work. You still have hobbies. You still have relationships. That is missing in many. You know, and I think it's important. So I, I wanted to ask you the question. Do you have a group of friends, male friends, female, it doesn't really matter, that you go to and you guys meet up at a certain amount and you kind of just hang and share things and talk about life? Or does your profession with cutting hair serve that purpose for you? Well, many people who are watchers of mine end up coming and sitting in my chair to get their hair cut. And one of the first things they all say is, I feel like I know you. 
well, I don't know them. So it's my chance now to get to know them as I'm cutting their hair. So that's kind of a cool thing. 100% of my clientele, I only cut hair two days a week. Um, 100% of my clientele are YouTube subscribers. 100%. That's all. That's nobody, incredible. Just, nobody just found me. No one called where I'm working and saying, you know, I need to get a haircut. They all came to me because of me. I made the first move. It's my responsibility that you know about me and what I do. Rather, like, for instance, you know, as a networker, uh, when people forget my name, I'm not offended. I'm mad at me because they forgot my name. I take full responsibility for people knowing my name and for what I do. So that changes everything. When people say, well, I'm not really good with names. Well, that's good because I am. So that way we're going to get to know each other. So when I'm, when I'm out networking people and I go to a business card exchange and I'm looking for more business and everywhere I go, I get business. I get business. I still have printed uh, business cards with my picture on them because how many stacks of business cards do we have in our top drawer somewhere? And we're like, gee, who was that person? But yep. guess what? When you have your picture on your business card, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy with the beard. Oh, yeah. The guy with the cool glasses. Oh, yeah. The guy that dresses in stripes. Oh, yeah. The guy with the bow tie or like whatever, that kind of thing. So that's why I'm a, I'm a firm believer in when you're going to get business cards, they need to have your picture on them. Absolutely. And uh, on my LinkedIn, like it, there's like my name underneath, it says, I am easy to reach. That's it. I don't want people to have to search to reach me. I want to be easy to reach if you want to do business with me. You shouldn't have to search and Google, you know, for 20 minutes to find out how to get a hold of me. I'm very, very easy to reach to do business with. That's how I, that's how I conduct my life. Now, when something you said there is key, and I think we should kind of expand on it, and that's you put yourself there to be found. There have been multiple times yeah. where men have DM'd me after a convention or after I gave a speech somewhere and they're like, hey, I saw your speech. It was great. I wish I had said X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're always, oh, I, I don't know. You know, I, I was nervous or something came up and it's, man, if you wanted that, that was your moment. Like that was your shot and you didn't take it. You know, a yeah. funny story about that. Uh, Anthony Migliorino, Peaceful Fathers. Yeah, again, yes. mutual friend. He spoke at the CME. Great dude. People have asked like, oh, you guys have known each other a long time. We've known each other about three years. But the first time it was at another convention I had spoken at. And he's like, yeah, I saw your speech. He had DM'd me, but he didn't go and talk to me. And I'm like, dude. So he eventually he joined 31 DTM. He joined FOE. And now now we're close. But at that time, I couldn't wrap my head. I was like, why didn't you just reach out? And it's it's almost like, well, men don't know, like, should I reach out? What's the protocol there? Dude, err right. on the side of yeah. just speaking. Just err on the side of just, hey, what's up, man? I'm I'm Anthony. Or, you know, for me, I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. Dude, what do you have to lose? And I think that's something, too, that, George, the reason you're making these connections because you're throwing the hooks. You know, you're catching these people because you're putting something out there. You know, something Absolutely. they want, value. Well, you know, it's interesting. After the split of the manosphere, and I can't stand the manosphere. I hate, I hate the word. I hate the concept. And uh, 
I, I basically call it either the men's YouTube community or the men's development arena. That's what I like calling it. Uh, Manosphere is too weird for me. Yeah. And, and just to me, it's just, it's a weird buzzword. When you talk to people outside of it, they're like Manosphere, like, and they just think it's odd. So what I don't want to do is be esoteric. So when I say men's development arena, people are like, oh, what do you mean men's development? There is such a thing as the men's development arena. I'm like, yes, absolutely. So I'm a firm believer, firm believer in um, building bridges. When there was like this kind of like split thing a couple years ago, which was just embarrassing for everybody, just fucking embarrassing. Um, there were people who came to CME, the Conference of Masculine Excellence that we both just got back from. Um, there were guys, and I will say names. I'm not afraid to say names. Uh, Fresh and Fit, um, Hotep Jesus. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Some other guys that were like on the other side, so to speak. And I said, guys, can we do just a quick video? And my thing was, we're supposed to be enemies, but we're here. We're going to be on the same stage. Guess what? Now they have my number. I have their number. What I say to them is reach out to me anytime you want. Doesn't matter. Text me, call me. I don't care. Otep, Myron Gaines, any of those guys, reach out to me. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it's like, what tie do you like better, this one or this one? I'll be like, <laughs> I like that one. So, like, reach out to me. I'm available. And guess what? When we saw each other for the second time, it wasn't just handshakes. It was a handshake and a little bit of a hug. And, and that was kind of cool. And we don't have to be enemies. We don't have our ideologies uh, don't have to be like this. Okay? Uh, I like the people not necessarily the ideology. So like when, like I teach my audience, when they write me letters, don't, don't make your first sentence. Although I don't agree with everything you say, I <laughs> smack them for that. I'm, I'm like, of course you don't. Nobody believes or agrees with everything I say. And of course I don't agree with everything you say. So like, leave that part out, just get into the body of the email with me and communicate your message and people are like wow that makes sense now i still have to educate some people on occasion to like not say that because it to me it's understood there's not yeah. a single person in the world that i agree with but i don't have to preface every time i talk with them well although you and i don't always agree on everything i know that already <laughs> i know that so you don't Noted. have to virtue signal that to me you know it's yeah. it's it's ridiculous so um, there, there was a, there was a picture of me and fresh and fit in the studio. And I just posted the picture and people said, well, there's a collab we never thought would happen. I'm like, why not? Is it because you thought we were enemies? Is it because you thought maybe I'm not interested in like pickup and girls and game, and they're not interested in what, like an older guy is interested in. Guess what? Every young man is going to be old. Like, I'm always interested in what guys that are older than me are doing and saying and, and how they're reacting to life. Because one day 
I'm going to be there. Now, I'm in my 60s. Now, check this out. My mentors are all dying now. My mentors are in their 80s. They're, they're kicking the bucket. Okay. So what happens when your mentors and the people that you really, you really respect, what happens when they're dying off? You got to go back and go younger. So now my mentors are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And it's really neat when you get to a certain age, you know, because when you're younger, you're always looking at looking for older gentlemen to emulate. Now, I want to emulate the younger guys, not because I'm I'm seeking youth and I'm afraid of dying and I'm a boomer and all this kind of, you know, and I'm <laughs> close to death and all, like all the stuff that people are saying. I will say this, that my some of my biggest influences are men half my age. And I'm happy to say that. Very happy to say that. You know, it's it's another lesson, though. And I think that highlights I, I call it the blind binary bros. It's this little concept I'm working on where social media, we're so involved with these electrons that we're thinking binary, zeros or ones. And when people see me talking about guys like Goldman, they see me, you know, when Christian McQueen, he was still active, you know, they would see me with these guys. They're like, well, how can you associate with them? What do you, what do you, they're, I'm not judging their relationship status. I'm not judging their religion, their skin color or their sexual preference. I judge the merit of that man's character. And I think, I believe this is this is my theory, you know, take it, leave it, whatever. But I believe with social media, it's convincing these people that if you're not 100% in my little group with my little labels and terms, you're out. I have nothing to learn from you. And people are losing huge, huge opportunity. I mean, they're missing huge opportunities to learn and to grow. Yes. You know, when I talk to Goldman, yes. I'll take those things and apply it in my marriage. And now my marriage is fresh. I've got new techniques. I've got new skills, new, new ideas. I talked to these guys who I have literally nothing in common with. You know, I was talking to Myron Gaines. He's 31 and he's out there and he's with ladies and doing pickup and talking about all these things. I'm 34. I'm married to my high school sweetheart with two kids. I've got like a nuclear family and he's running the podcast studio in Miami and just pimping it. You know, <laughs> And I learned so much from him. I'm like, dude, like, how did you do this? Or what was that? I'm going to get a call with him on how he runs his show and what's worked, what hasn't worked. A lot of great things that I wouldn't have the opportunity to ever experience and improve my life if I just wrote them off because, well, you're different. You're not a family person. So you're different. You're out. It's, it's disastrous. And again, I think that's a, a negative consequence of social media and technology. It, it's the same. Think about it. It's the same thing as like racism. It's the same principle, except it's not about skin color. It's, it's having prejudice against people. That is absolutely illogical. It doesn't make any sense. It's labelism. Well, if you don't have this label, you're out. I don't like you. Like what? That's <laughs> just unacceptable. You know, I there, I have a great story to tell. I was um, I was just out of graduate school. I was at my first job, and I getting out of work at five o'clock. I get in my car, and <coughs> it's in Philadelphia, and. <clears throat> look in my rear view mirror and there's a, a black guy coming towards me, coming towards my car. I can see in the rear view mirror. Okay. And I'm like, okay, lock the doors. You know, that's, and this is, you know, this is 35 years ago, 40 years ago. And, um, I come to a red light and he's running towards my car. This time I see him in my side rear view mirror. 
And I'm like looking at the light saying, come on, turn green, turn green. It didn't turn green. Within a couple seconds, there was a black guy alongside my car in my window looking in <laughs> like that. Okay. I press the button. The window goes down. I said, what's up, dude? He says, your briefcase is on top of your car. I don't want you to lose it. I said, thanks, man. He takes it off, gives it to me. Now, you know, I'm in the city. A black guy is running towards my car, specifically towards my car, yelling at me. I don't know what he's saying. Like, stop, stop. And I'm like, who is this freaking nut? My briefcase. I Before I got in my car, I put my briefcase on the top, unlocked the car, got in, started driving off. He, he caught up with me at a red light to tell me my briefcase was on, on the roof of my car. And that showed me that right there just was a lesson for me. I was judging this man. Now, of course, there's people running towards your car in Philadelphia, you know, in 2021. And doesn't matter who they are, you know, they might not be. They might not have good intentions. So you have to you have to have that gift of fear, the gift of intuition. You got to be able to have situational ethics and act properly. But my situation 35, 40 years ago taught me, damn, what was I thinking? What the hell was I thinking? And that was a, a life-changing moment for me. So that was just one of many little links in this chain that have made me what I am today. And so sharing the stage with people who I don't agree with. I remember Donovan saying on the first night, he, yep. he stood on the center of the stage and we were all behind him. And he says, I don't agree with everyone standing behind me. And I loved, I'm so happy that he said that. It's not like we're all unified, like we're all preaching the same thing, like agreeing on everything. You know what? Every single person who took that stage was different and unique. And that's what was beautiful. I think that's what I really want the men who are a part of this or are finding into this or come across this podcast, you know, or video. I'm hoping they see you. Know, when we talk about, I mean, I, look, the world is pretty divided right now. You know, but in that yeah. example, in, in yeah. that story and in that example through Donovan, if every speaker on that stage, if all these content creators were the same, they're only going to be speaking to the population uh, that's uh, the exact same. And that, therefore, yeah. you're excluding a lot of men that really need some help. But by bringing all these different things together, it, it's funny because we're, we're labeled a lot as, you know, masculinity. You talk about men, you know, that's the that's a bad yeah. thing. We are yeah. more diverse than those who are screaming that they want diversity. We, we are more divided and different, right? yet we're, we're connected. And when I say divided, yes. I don't mean like literally divided and like I'm against you, but divided and like, I know I stand for this, you stand for that. But I can, I can meet uh -huh. you on a lot of overlap in our foundations. And we're more diverse. And that is the strength. And I know how cliche that is and how it's almost trite to say, you know, diversity is our strength. Yeah. Yet by bringing all those diverse messages, these guys can take pieces of each for their own thing. And at the end of the day, each of us are as unique as our fingerprint. So what they need is so freaking particular that there's no way you could give 100%. Yeah. I could give 100%. Yet, 
there, there's this class, this message of if you're not within these buoys, you're out. And it's, you're a captain of your ship. You drive wherever the fuck you want to go on this ocean. You choose your life, you know? And it's right. it's interesting to me how those who are, are detractors, I guess, you know, taking shots, they're not looking at the full picture of what we're doing and anybody with a brain can see it. But again, social media is sort of warping that. It's got you thinking in yeah. you're this or that. And there, there is no hybrid. There is yeah. no both. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, it's so, it's so funny. I heard Donovan the other night on some show saying uh, uh, he is the, he's the whitest black guy people have ever seen. And coach EO is the blackest white guy. <laughs> you know? And like, when you listen to coach EO, the guy's from Chicago, he's got a vibe about him. He's a really cool dude. I brought coach EO into this whole men's development arena. He was following me and I went to his channel because he was commenting and I, on, on my, on some of my videos, I went to his channel and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Like this, this guy with his coolness and his swag. And like, he doesn't sound like how he looks and, and how he looks is not how I look like what's going on here. He's got that perfectly lined up beard and it's impressive. And he's got, <laughs> yeah, he's got this, like, this way of talking and I've really, really learned to like the guy rather than break his balls that, you know, some people are doing. I like the guy. I like the guy. There's certain things that I would consult with him about before I consult with others about. So I'm glad that my personal board of advisors is growing every year. I didn't say close friends, but personal board of advisors. I think as we get older, we have less and less friends. Like, I'm not interested in best friends anymore as I get older. What I'm more interested in is personal advisors, people that I can call, people that I can talk to, people that can add value to my life. Um, you know, as I as I get older, uh, I'm more limited. I can't bench press what I used to. So now I'm um, I feel limited to uh lighter weights and lighter dumbbells and doing exercises with bands and stuff like that uh, for functional strength. When I was younger, I was, you know, my hair was dark, my beard was black, you know, and I was buff and handsome and all this kind of stuff. You know, I worked out for one reason and really one reason only, and that was just pure aesthetics. Now I'm older. Why do I work out? Because I got to move the refrigerator out and clean behind it because I have to move a piece of furniture. And if you're not in shape, you know, you're going to be hiring handyman, handyman for the rest of your life, just to do simple shit around your house. So I stay strong because I can function because I can function. Simple as that. So who do I go to now to learn about strength? I'm going to young guys I'm going to AJ. I'm going to, you know, Myron. I'm going to these guys that are that uh, you know, like like what I'm not doing is talking to the guys that are telling me to uh, do chest presses with hundred pound dumbbells because yep. that will jack up my shoulders. Okay. So I'm happy with 30 pound dumbbells. And the smart guys, the smart younger guys are like, yeah, man, you should go a little bit lower with the weight because you're going to hurt your shoulder. And because I know when I was younger, 
you hurt your shoulder, you put ice on it, you stay out of the gym for a couple of days, you're back, you're fine. Okay. Now, if I hurt my shoulder, I'm out of the gym for three months. So it's, it's one of those things where I have to kind of like pivot as I'm getting older, you know, um, I am, uh, I'm not brawny like I used to be. I can't intimidate and use brawn anymore. Uh, I'm famous for saying, say that to my face, motherfucker, you know, like just stuff like that. I can't do that anymore. What am I stupid? You know, uh, I'd rather use what's here than what's here in my life. Now I want to be known for what's here and here. Okay. And this right here is used for moving refrigerators and furniture. Simple as that. You're being smart about it though. You know, you're being intelligent and you understand the the bigger aim there. The bigger aim is longevity, being as mobile as you can, as strong as you can for as long as you can. You know, and I think some men, they lose what the aim is with their social media use. You know, you're not supposed to be used by your phone. You know, this, this right. little device here, you're the tool. If all you do is go on and scroll and consume, you're supposed to be right. using this to improve your life. Right. And that means improving your network. That means improving, you know, your connections that can help you better your physical world experience. You know, exactly. you brought up a uh, coach EO or, or Everett Overton. I never know what to call him. You know, so Everett, AKA yeah. coach EO. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was on my last episode and you brought him on. I didn't know that. So that's how I met him through your connection to bring him into the fray. I'm like, hey, dude, I really dug your CME speech. And then I dove into his content. I'm like, dude, I dig what you're doing. So I sent him a DM. I'm like, would you like to come on the podcast? And we mixed it up on his book, uh, Cut the Bullshit. So everybody should check it out. It's on authentic living. But we, we really we dove into living an authentic life. And you really highlighted something with what is the aim there? Like if you're going online. It shouldn't be to find your echo chamber and the people who agree with everything you say, and then to go forward and mix it up in that crowd. You go on, you find people to improve you, and then you apply that to your life. You learn from them. Yeah. You know, it's interesting in the uh, men's development arena, so many factions have started. Reminds me of like denominations in churches. You know what I mean? When when the reality is, you know, they're, they're serving God, but they're doing it in different ways. You know, some churches are in jeans and sneakers for their Sunday service. Others are dressed in their Sunday best, that kind of thing. But they're still going to learn about God. In the men's development arena, there's different personalities. There's different um, theologies, so to speak. And uh, what I don't want to do is be at enmity with people like Rolo Tomasi and Rich Cooper and Ryan Stone, although... That's the path of least resistance is to is to uh, dehumanize them and be enemies with them. I don't first of all, I don't give a shit what they say about me. It doesn't matter. Like, for instance, I bought Rich's book. I like Rich's book. Even as a guy my age, I'm thinking this is really good. I got to read it again. And I'm highlighting and I'm underlining and I'm taking notes and putting little stars and in the book. And. You know, I can learn something from him. I can learn something from Rolo. I can learn something from Ryan and these other guys in the men's development arena. I think a lot of us need to dial back a little bit. Let's say, let's just dial back mm, two and a half years to be exact. I don't want to be at enmity with any of the guys that I've ever shared a stage with, ever, ever. I'm not interested in that. 
It's bullshit. I want to be a uniter, not a divider. Simple as that. It goes back to my training in college. Be the friendliest guy on campus. So in the men's development arena, I want to be the friendliest guy. That's my goal. I'm going to out-friend you. Like, I'm going to beat you in how many hands that I shake that night and how many men that I compliment that night. Uh, small, you know, small talk, small talk is a social lubricant. People say, oh, that's, that's shallow bullshit. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Small talk and compliments are social lubricant. They help build bridges. What are you going to start talking about Einstein's theory of relativity the first time you talk with somebody? Come on. You know? It's interesting. You reminded me, there is this uh, retired captain from the Navy. His name is Captain Turner. And he called it, he said, you know, it's our duty here to, we're, we're shipbuilders. You know, people are thinking wooden ships. He's like, no, I'm not talking yeah. about floating ships. I'm talking about relationships, partnerships, and friendships. That's what we need wow. to do with our international, you know, we, we want to say adversaries, but if we can become friends, we can stop going to war and killing each other. The greater good, if we can build these ships, and people serve different purposes. Your friendships, that's your inner wall. Some men are, that's the ship you build with them. They come on your ship, you go on theirs. Yes. Some are just partnerships. You guys may not ever see each other, but you'll do great business together. You know, you can, you can do great things. And then there's the relationships. And that's where you have a functional relationship on a certain thing. Me, you and I, we have a relationship when it comes to communication and it comes to creating content. That's our relationship. Our friendship is the discussions that happen offline. That these are two different ships that we operate, yes. you know, and I mean, right. if we're being fucking honest, you know, and I'm, I'm really trying not to curse, but this really gets me worked up. It's these guys, they're thinking so small. Oh, I'm going to start attacking this guy. I'm going to start barking at that guy or biting his ankles. Dude, there's so many people who don't know we exist right now. Like we could build some amazing things, but we're too busy playing. Who's the king of the pond? You know, like I don't want to be the pond. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to be you the know, king the of sheep. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting how when when this division happened two and a half years ago, and then new and then like then there became two groups, and then new guys joined like Rolo and Rich and Ryan. I'm trying to think of some of the guys that joined them. People like Troy Francis, people like Sterling, people like um, MLD, uh, like a lot of the guys that are on Rule Zero. And we can talk about that here. I'm not afraid to talk about that. And those guys assumed that I'm a bad guy because I was on one side. <clears throat> I admit the role that I played in the division. And I repent of it. And I'm sorry for it. And I completely changed my heart and my mind about copying an attitude towards people because of a difference in ideology. And for me, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm really not into labels. Years ago, I, I was in therapy and they say all therapists should be in therapy. And I remember feeling down and um, saying to the psychiatrist, um, what am I? Am I depressed? Um, acutely or is this uh, major depression and he says george i know what you're trying to do and i said what he goes you're trying to get me to, to give you a label to give you a diagnosis 
I said, I am. And he goes, yes. He says, I'm not going to label you. I'm not going to diagnose you. We're going to work through your problems without labels. That was when I was a young man. I was in my 20s when that happened. And here I am, full circle, calling people red pill, blue pill, purple pill, beta, alpha. And I'm doing what that psychiatrist told me to not do, and that's label people. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. And I'll, I'll say it right here. And I will publicly tell people, stop labeling. Stop it. Stop the division. Stop it. Enough is enough. I've had it. I've had it. No, I think it's well said. It's needed. And it, it yeah. truly highlights the point of what's the, what's the use of the tool you're using? Like you said, you say manosphere and people are like, what the hell are you talking about, George? Because right. in our, on our online segment, that's a whole ecosystem. But that is like a sliver of what's going on in the world. We should right. all be working to grow ourselves. And every man who listens to this, while they're listening, it shouldn't be like, oh, you know, uh, that, that channel, this channel, that creator, this creator. Like, it doesn't matter. Go wherever you, you, your heart desires. Take the information, apply it to level up your life. Like, and whatever that is. I, I don't see how these men have the time to, to get into this. I mean, wasting hours on an issue that's non-existent in the real world. When, in, when I unplug this, nothing happening online affects my physical life. I am out there playing with the kids. Yeah, you're I'm out there hanging out with the wife, you know, but I take what I've learned. I take things I've learned from you, from the other speakers, you know, uh, Sterling Cooper, he's in the adult film industry. I'm the family alpha. And this kind of goes back to my point. on We Goldman. went out for <laughs> We went out. People need to know this. All right. This is not a secret. We went out to dinner with Sterling Cooper, you, me, Sterling Cooper, Phil Foster, his wife. Um, I don't know if uh, John Bulldog came with us. Yeah, he was uh, supposed Phil's to, daughter. but he couldn't make it. But his, yeah, Phil's daughter was there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, talk about like an odd pairing. Okay. And it was actually a fun night. It was a good night. I enjoyed it. Because I the, enjoyed lab- it the labels didn't well, get in the way. I didn't hear any labels that night. Yeah. I didn't hear any labels at all. As a matter of fact, it was interesting when I saw Donovan on uh, Troy Francis's show. Now, the only thing I know about Troy Francis is what other people have said. And people have made like, hit videos and stuff like that. But when I watched that video with Donovan and Troy, I saw two like really decent men talking. And it was, it was really, if you get a chance, watch it. It's a good, it's actually a good video. And I learned something and I'm thinking like, wow, I could have Troy on my channel. It's obvious that like, and I don't have to start the interview or conversation with, well, you know, Troy, you and I don't agree on everything. I don't have to. <laughs> we already know. You're taking your own advice know. to those people writing you letters. <laughs> exactly. We already know. But it was really a good conversation and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wasn't disgusted by it. So if we adjust our disgustometer a little bit, you know, and offendometer, you know what I mean? Of who offends us, uh, who disgusts us, that kind of thing. Now, obviously, if someone's, you know, just morally, so morally gone, um, 
you know, do I want to be in their company? I don't know. I don't know. But how, how would my life be if I surrounded myself just with Michael Foster's? What if I had like five Michael Foster's as friends? Michael's a good guy, but what if I only had five Michael Foster's in my life? Holy crap. How narrow-minded would I be, you know? So I like the idea of, um, like when I, when I had my studio uh, and, and I was doing my show called The Briefing, I had conversations with people who uh, a year ago, I didn't think I would have conversations with. Like our interview went really well because you and I have done this, you know, I can't even we count just how many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we know how to do you and I, uh, with let's, I'm just trying to think, I'm just keeping it real here. Uh, and not, and not talking, um, all kinds of fake BS, but, um, I had a great talk with Aaron Clary, a great talk. When that interview comes out, it's going to blow people away, blow people away. And we talked about dancing, dancing. He's a dance instructor, like Arthur Murray dance studio teaches women how to tango and cha-cha and, and I didn't know that and all That's this awesome. kind of stuff. And, you know, we talked, talk, talked about the game part of it all, but in all dance, uh, one thing that, that we know for those of us that do any kind of social dancing like that, the man is the frame and the woman is the picture in the frame. Pictures all by themselves are nothing without the frame. Frames without a picture are boring, but together they make something very beautiful. But one thing about the frame is it has to be rigid. It has to be rigid. It has to provide boundaries for the picture. Dancing is such a picture of life. You heard the phrase, the dance of life. Yep. You know, uh, and talking with Aaron about that was the first time ever, I think, in the history of the men's development arena where we talked about that. I've never, ever had that conversation with anybody before. And it was absolutely magnificent. And I think it's just going to be a, a super high-rated conversation. I had a great talk with uh, Anthony uh, Miglarino and I didn't know Anthony from the man on the moon. And he shared some of his principles with me, which made me think, because I come from the opposite uh, perspective regarding peaceful. I grew up in a disciplinary home. I believe you should discipline. And, And listening to, I never heard another perspective in my life. In my whole life, I'm in my 60s, and I never heard another perspective. And I just, all I kept thinking inside was, damn, he's making sense. Yeah. He's one of the guys. So for anybody who's unaware, uh, if you go to peacefulfathers.com, he's actually the sponsor of this podcast. You know, he he's writing about things in a way that I had never, I had found myself aligning with but I had never heard of it before in the way he put it, yeah. you know, and think about that. And that goes back to that point. Imagine if you had been introduced to that, or if you had had that conversation, or if you were the guy, you're like the younger guys coming up now starting their families. And they're like, well, I don't know how to parent. I'm, I'm a new dad. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I came from a less than optimal upbringing and I don't want to replicate that, but I don't know what, I don't know any other plan. I was raised this way. I don't know another 
offensive playbook to run with my kid. You know, if you were reaching out beyond just the scope of, oh, that label, because Anthony, he's has a label. He's the peaceful parent. You know, he's a peaceful father. If you write him off, you're going to miss out on such opportunity to better connect with your children. You know, and oh, absolutely. It, it's incredible absolutely. what can be done. I mean, listen, you know, we grow up the way we are projectiles inside of a barrel of a cannon. And wherever that cannon is aimed, that's where the projectile goes. And you can predict the trajectory of that projectile because of the way that that barrel is aimed. My father was turn the goddamn TV down kind of guy. So when my kids had stuff too loud, well, what did I do? I accessed only that which I knew. Turn the goddamn TV down. Okay. Where do you break the cycle? When do you break the cycle? You know what I mean? Like our, and here's the weird thing is, you know, I didn't understand my dad, uh, who's still living. He's 85 years old. I didn't understand my dad until I had kids. And then I was like, ah, so, so that, cause my grandmother used to say to him, uh, someday your kids are going to do to you what you did to me. The old Italian women putting curses on everybody. <laughs> and, and what was interesting was I was, it's interesting. Uh, when I spoke at uh, the men's event last year, father's event, I quoted the song from Harry Chapin that, uh, you know, uh, my boy was just like me. Yep. All, you know, all of a sudden it occurred to me, my boy was just like me. He'd grown up just like me. And when do you stop the cycle? When do you stop the cycle? You know, and, and who's going to stop it, you know, and I, I encourage every man to listen to the song by Harry Chapin called Cats in the Cradle. And it's how things are perpetuated intergenerationally year after year after year after year. I did it because my father did it. My father did it because my grandfather did it, you know, and we never questioned it. You know, in that there are there are certain great things that should continue, great traditions in families that should continue, but there are some yes. traditions, I guess you could call them, that should end. And with this yeah. tool, going back to using social media, using technology, we have access to more information than our parents did. We should not be confined. Oh, yeah. You know, they were not only limited to what they were raised with, but they were also limited in physical proximity to their input, you know, the people around them. So you were saying, you know, if you only had five Michael Fosters, you'd be restrained to that, those buoys of what your inner yeah. click, which would be those five Michael Fosters could provide yeah. you. We have infinite. So we've got to choose the right people. Proximity, our physical restraint is no longer a, an inhibitor. We can, I'm Anthony's from New York. I can talk to him and I'm in Rhode Island. You know, I'm talking to you right now. We're thousands of miles apart. There's no reason for us to not use this tool to improve ourselves and with the tool that our parents didn't have, you know, at 40, when oh, you that, get that is... laptop, you change the game for yourself. You now entered a world where you're like, man, I can learn more and do more and reach more people than ever before. 
my wife taught me how to copy and paste on a computer. Now she had been using a computer for work at year for years. And when she was just teaching me the basic shit, you know, control C control V uh, like I thought I had a superpower at that point, you know, this I can cut a paragraph. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, now, now here was what could have been a very uncomfortable interview. Me and Sterling Cooper could have been really like knowing what I know about him, knowing what he knows about me. That could have been just like a Chris Farley interview. So, uh, so you've, so you're a porn star, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it could have, it could have been like a lot of silence. Instead, we talked about sexual dysfunction that all men experience during different stages of their life. I didn't realize that there's like 18 year old guys that have erectile dysfunction. Like what? Because like I have one coaching client right now. I do coaching on the side. I have about 10 guys right now that I see uh, via zoom meetings like this. And one guy said he was watching porn since he was nine years old. I'm like, what? Like, so I could, I didn't want to say to him, what? But inside I was going, what? And I couldn't wrap my head around a nine-year-old watching porn. A nine-year-old, when I was nine, I didn't even know what a boner was. And I, and I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, now there's kids, you know, with their phone watching porn. And it's, and it's caused like young men who have erectile dysfunction at 18, 19, 20 years old. Like, for instance, uh, when things like Viagra first came out. Who was it for? Senior citizens, elderly. Now it's a recreational drug. Now it's like, you know, got my little blue pill with me, you know, got my cologne. I'm looking good, all groomed up. And I got my little blue pill. Like what? You know, so times have changed and it's been humbling for me to, to have to stop, drop and think and say, Okay. Different generations have different experiences and there's choices that people like, you know, I think uh, like would I ever do what Sterling has done for a, for a career, you know, and I'm thinking like, well, how, like part of me would say, well, how depraved must he be to have done that? You know, that's years ago. That's what I, that's what I, would have thought, but we had one of the most uh, fruitful conversations um, that I've had in a long time. And it was fantastic. And we did well. Same thing with, um, with Hotep, Uh, same thing with Myron, Um, same thing with uh, uh, Steve Maeda. Just, it was a fantastic experience. And you know, Jim Rohn, who is one of my favorite motivational speakers of all time, he's dead now. He says, be open to all experiences because you never know which one is going to turn everything on. And I love that. You know, and I think if men keep themselves open, you know, to building those ships, 
they'll have the opportunity to change the direction that they're so desperately trying to change. But because they're closed off, they keep missing opportunity, opportunity and opportunity to turn everything on. Like you said, you know, and I, I, George, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, you know, with, with what we're talking about with the technology and the use of it, we honestly need to use technology to open our minds, not close it further, you know, not yeah. to further confirm our destructive beliefs, but rather to open us up to new possibilities and new pathways because the one many are on isn't working. But if they were to say, you know what? Right. I, I was told I'm not allowed to go left. Well, dude, just look left. Where does that go? What right. happens if you do go down that path? What if you like, hey, you know, I was told I'm not supposed to go that way, but by whom? Who, you know, and I right. recently, I dropped a tweet where I said, I started noticing, and obviously this, this occurs because there is an algorithm. There is a formula that works to get engagement, to get likes, to get more followers, but you can't live that. You know, because nobody wants the inbred version of Zach or George. Like, they're going right. to go to me if they want this. And if you're trying to talk right. like me, they're going to skip you and go to me. Like, don't be the, right. that inbred version of me. Be you. Do, do that script or whatever that algorithm or whatever your, your, your social media coach is saying. Do what they're saying your way, not somebody else's way, not their way. You know, and I think if these guys stop trying to be the next famous George, like, I want to be like George and get a, get a big YouTube channel. But George, you weren't following somebody. You were creating and doing it your way. And again, they're skipping that part. They're skipping the part yeah. where you have a life outside of YouTube. They're skipping yeah. the part. They're skipping the harder parts where you're doing the hard things. You're, you're living your life. So yes. to those guys, what would you say to them? Be open to all experiences. Stop labeling people. Um, don't prejudge. Don't prejudge people. Um, that's don't prejudge people's experiences. You know, what do they say? Uh, you know, don't criticize somebody until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And, you know, when I, when I look at people like uh, Jeff Putnam, who I'm just starting to get to know a little bit. Uh, He's a good one. I'm a fan. And to think he was, he was, he was a cook in a Denny's four years ago, a cook in a Denny's. Before that, he was breaking rocks with a sledgehammer. I mean, and look at him now. You know, um, I can admit right here before people that he is motivating me with some of his ballsy attitude with what he's doing. Um, he, I, I look at him every now and then, I think we all need to hear the why not me motivational speech. And I think that's how Jeff Putnam lives his life. Why not me? Because when you look at Jeff Putnam, uh, when you look at how that cannon was aimed, we could have guessed the trajectory of that projectile. He said, screw the trajectory. I'm doing something different. And I think the next four years, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's changed so much in the past two years, it's, it's blowing my mind. And the past does not equal the future at all. I'm, I'm living proof of that. 
Jeff is living proof of that. You're living proof of that. Relationships, the, the past of relationships does not predict the future. I know people that have made mistakes in their past in relationships that have phenomenal relationships and have, and you know, what's interesting is I'm not into like putting people down for something that they did years ago. You know, they had a different mind, different mindset. They were a different place in their life. And uh, I like the idea of an aha moment where a man says to himself, okay, the, the nonsense stops now. I'm going to do something different. Now. I'm going to walk taller. I'm going to speak different. I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. And I think that's the message that we all, we all uh, live by. Like, for instance, when I watched your, um, when I watched your speech, uh, the CME speech, I usually don't get to watch people's speeches because I'm usually in the studio. So I, I can't be in the audience as people are talking at these conferences and such. So the first time I get to see someone's speech is usually when it gets released on video. And what a stellar talk you gave. Like it was like I, I sent that link to so many of my friends and said, just watch this. Didn't, didn't explain anything. Just watch this. And people are loving it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the point, right? To go and create something that people can use. You know, the that's why we do what we do. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's 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 an expression of our hobby, our passion. But this conversation right now isn't just for you. Like we could have just had a phone call if we wanted to. You know, right. it, this is for it to be applied by those who need it. You know, and I certainly hope yeah. they're listening. And and like you said, they're open to hearing what's really being said here. And allowing it to start turning some things on. And maybe when they turn on those lights, oh, shit, there's a door over there. I can go in that door. But they wouldn't have seen that door to a new way of thinking, a new way of connecting with others, had they not yeah. allowed themselves to receive the message here. You know, and that's that's the point of all of this. So in that yeah. speech, you know, I had somebody come up to me afterwards and they said it's the first time they heard a speaker talk about the other speakers. You know, because I was the first one to go at CME. And I was like, man, like Donovan, you know, thank you for trusting me with this, but I've got to bring it. You know, one of the things I really wanted to drive is that it's not about me, Zach. I, like in that moment, the speech I was giving was just a primer for them. It's about the men sure. in the audience. It's about all of us coming together because they could teach me something. So like, cool, I have the microphone. I'm talking in that moment, but then I'm in the audience listening to the next guy or I'm in the, the crowd talking to the, the audience member. And he's like, Hey, Zach, uh, you said this. Well, have you ever thought about it like that? And I'm like, dude, I never thought about it like that. Like my life mm -hmm. experience never opened and turned that light on until I was open to receiving it from you. Yeah. So when that guy said that, it, it really, it, it, it highlighted something I hadn't noticed I was doing, but it was definitely something I wanted to do. And that was to, to sort of hit the point we're talking about now where you've got to listen to every, everybody has something to provide. And some yeah. people, like I said, when you judge the merit of the character, it could be a poor character. Okay. You don't associate with that. Don't yeah. associate somebody who's going to either limit you or bring you down or prevent you from being what you want to be, you know? Yes. So, but that doesn't mean the next guy is going to be like that, you know, because you had a, a relationship and you got burned in that don't have relationship PTSD so bad to the point where you don't know how to love again. 
You have mm-hmm. to get over. You have to learn from it. You learn from failed friendships. You learn from failed partnerships. You learn from failed relationships. And you, mm-hmm. you take that lesson learned. You apply it to the next. You continue to improve. That's life. That That is life in a nutshell. Yeah, you're right. I remember uh, my psychiatrist friend. This was a guy who came home from work one day and the house was empty. His wife literally left a post-it note. Well, this was in the days before post-it notes, left a, a taped note on the door and said, the marriage is over. It's brutal. And this was the psychiatrist that I was seeing. So I know when he spoke to me about pain, about love, uh, about hurt, it was coming from a place in his heart and coming from a place of joy. And one of the things he said to me was uh, in order for you to be, in order for you to love again, you need to be willing to admit that you are open to being hurt again. There is risk with love. Not everyone who loves you is going to love you the way that you need to be loved. You know, they're going to hurt you. It's a fact. And it's not always the other person. What if, what if you are the herder? What if you are the offender? You know what I mean? And it takes a lot of humbling to get to the point where you say, man, I was wrong. I sucked. You know, I, I screwed up. I messed up. And I won't do it again. That's, that's heavy. <laughs> to love again, you have to be open to being hurt again. You know, and again, when we talk about masculinity, it's, it's about being willing to be punched or choosing to be punched by reality as opposed to favoring the kiss of the lie. You know, it, yeah. it might be easier to follow that lie, but ultimately it's going to destroy you. Whereas reality, it'll punch you in the face, but you know exactly where life stands and it knows where you stand. And those are the kind of people you need in your life as well. I'd rather you say something brutally harsh to me that would hurt than to not say it and allow me to go and hurt myself much, much worse. You know, yeah. and if you surround yourself with friends like that, you can't help but find yourself winning because these dudes are going to help you from crashing into that brick wall instead of being like a yes man. Yeah, keep going, dude. They're like, no, I know you want to go straight, but if you go straight, you're going to burn yourself out. Go left or go yeah. right, you know, take a turn. And being willing to, again, we're going to keep going back to being open to that, being open to receiving that, you know, you can allow yourself to light everything else up. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're on track and you're on fire and you're not running to a brick wall. You're flying to the moon. Would you rather have uncomfortable truths or comforting lies? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think life is a mixture of both. Life is a mixture of both. And I don't know. Was it from a movie or something where, you know, one guy is punching another one or doing something to another guy. And I says, you know, thank you, sir. May I have another <laughs> like uh, uh, it was probably one of those like Marine movies or something. I think it's I like know. full metal jacket or platoon. It? it's one of those, you know, <laughs> it, it was yeah. a military movie. I don't remember which one. Yeah. And I'm not into inviting pain into my life. You know, I, I'm far beyond that. And I'm, and I'm still learning to discern who's going to bring pain and who's not going to bring pain and, uh, you know, and I want to avoid people. I want to avoid pain. I mean, think about it, the pain pleasure principle, yep. you know, 
The reason why I don't touch a hot stove is because it hurts when I do that. The reason why I don't become friends with people too quickly anymore is because it hurts when I do that. So I go a little bit slower now because I've been burned and people have to prove themselves. I, I still like to say that people start with a report card that has an A on it and it's up to them to give themselves a C or a D. But I want to be able to give everyone an A to start with. You know, and I don't want to take someone else's uh, I don't want to take someone else's opinion about somebody and adopt it as my own. If if that's not my experience, you know, for instance, um, when I look at uh, Donovan's girl, what what a gracious hostess she was. During that time, and there's been some real crap said about her. And she was kind and gracious. And I felt like I felt like she was welcome welcoming me into her home. And that that was my experience. And I'm I trust my experience. I don't trust, you know, what the popular negative thought is. A lot of times when I do a live stream, the banner across the bottom of my video. When I do a StreamYard thing, it says, uh, please keep it positive. I'm allergic to negative. And I, I just don't, I don't respond to the negative. I don't want negative. I don't want the truth about this, or I expose this. That To me, it, do, to me, it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, negative news travels faster than positive news. And... I don't care how slow my positive news spreads. It doesn't matter to me. I want to keep it positive as much as possible. Well, you keep delivering it. So for those who are going to your channel and they're looking to see what you're all about, what, what are they going to find? You know, what are you, what are you looking to bring down the pipeline in the foreseeable future? I call my YouTube channel, the IV drip of motivation. It's certainly not a fire hose. It's, you know, it's so funny how an IV can heal you only one drop at a time. That's a really, and, that's really good, George. <laughs> that's, yeah. I like that. I've never heard that. There's so many people you can listen to, you know, you want to go and build a bridge after you listen to them. You know, with me, you might want to build a bridge after listening to me like 50 times <laughs> because like I said, it, I would rather just have an IV drip of something that's going to heal me rather than a fire hose of cure uh, that I'm only going to be able to ingest so much. So I, I've always said that if, uh, if, if you went to a conference and at the door of the conference, there was a toll gate and you need to regurgitate one truth that each speaker said, or you can't leave the conference. You know, half that room would, would never be able to leave the room. So I'll never forget Dr. Robert Glover talking about, uh, he was an interesting fellow, and he sat in the audience listening to every speaker. And he told me he wrote down one or two key points that every speaker said. Didn't write the whole thing down, wasn't doing outlines and, you know, all the bullet points, one or two 
key things that each speaker said and took them to heart. And I liked it. What a great attitude. I've learned that from him, what, probably four years ago when I saw him, three years ago, whenever it was. So if I can get one or two positive things from somebody, um, that's a huge win. That's a, that's a huge win. Even if, even if that is a, even if that point is a positive interaction um, that I experienced from them, a positive interaction in the men's room while we're both washing our hands and, you know, and they tell me something and they don't realize how profound that thing was. It stayed with me. You know, I'll never forget the first time I met Myron Gaines He's got this leather jacket with this stitching on it. And it's beautiful. It's like, I love, I love that jacket. I love, I love the kind of jackets that have like a low collar, almost yeah. like that motorcycle collar. I said, I said, that is a really nice jacket. He took it off. He says, here, try it on. I'm like, what? Like his first reaction was, well, if you like it, try it on. He didn't even think about it. Try it on. You know, that's what I remember uh, of all the neat things that he said in his speech, of all the interactions that I had with him. The one thing I, that, that really sticks out is, here, try my jacket on. And that was profound to me. That was, that was profound. You know, uh, Terrence Pop, oh, my God, he's a fire hose. That, He's a fire. that dude is hilarious yet factual. Right? Like it's like motivation yeah. meets facts meets humor all in one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the first time that we were in Vegas together, when we were all, all out in Vegas, um, it wasn't that long before that where my best friend killed himself and I was still kind of grieving. Mm-hmm. And uh, his reaction to that, I don't even know. I think I was telling everyone that that weekend my best friend killed himself two weeks ago and he says yeah my best friend killed himself too and he started talking about it and how he dealt with it and i'm like and he gave me some tools coping tools and it wasn't long after that see i'm used to the fire hose terrence pop i'm used to i'm used to mr redonkulous i'm not used to mr compassionate and i did a video on Terrence Pop being one of the most compassionate human beings I've ever met in my life. And that doesn't fit because that, that doesn't fit, you know, redonkulous. That doesn't fit his, his whole thing. But I saw a side of him and I know I'm blowing his cover, but he's really a sensitive dude. He's a very sensitive dude. And, um, and he tuned right into my pain, like immediately. And I was hurting that weekend that I was that first weekend out in Vegas, I was still, I still had a million questions in my mind why my best friend didn't reach out to me. And, you know, only a week earlier, I was at the funeral and all that. And, um, boy, Terrence just dialed right into my pain. And I will never forget that as long as I live. So, yeah. You know, I think in that, I mean, that highlights the IV, you know, it's not about the fire hose there. It's just a few drops from another man listening, another man offering something for you to take, to apply, you know, that highlights that well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's a great, 
message for the men, or I guess anybody listening to this, men, women, wherever you're at, <laughs> you know, if you're going to be watching YouTube videos, if you're going to be listening to podcasts, find at least one positive takeaway. Find at least one. And if it's not the two of us here, whomever you're watching or listening to, find that one drip, one or two drips, you know, like, like you're saying about Dr. Glover, one or two takeaways. It doesn't have to be an hour consumed of a conversation that you walk away and you're like, that's great. I'm super pumped up. And then five minutes later, you're, it's gone. Dissipated. You're right. onto the, you're, you're distracted. You're onto the next thing. You know, if you can get that one or two solid nuggets, you know, take that. And, and as you're saying there with uh, Terrence, you know, it doesn't have to be hardcore stuff. It could be a little something, but that little something is that little drip is going to keep you alive. That little drip is going to keep you focused and, yeah. and motivated and wanting to go forward and improve. Yes. Yeah. I like to say um, all of us need to create like a YouTube content creator cocktail. <laughs> and as opposed to like being of this, Oh, I'm of the, Rolo camp. Oh, I'm of this camp or that camp. I want to, I want to take a little bit of everybody and create a cocktail that creates a nice, well-balanced personality and a worldview and a mindset. And to me, I feel better. I treat people better when I have a more balanced content creator cocktail. There's every time that I, I you know, I've, I've interviewed so many people so many people in the men's development arena. And every time I've ever published a video, there was always someone that said, oh my gosh, my two favorite content creators. I'm thinking, well, that's weird. Because every person, including you, every single person on the videos that I have on my channel has, has received that compliment from one of my subscribers. Wow, my two favorite content creators. And I'm thinking, well, that's an interesting combination. Me and Zach Small. Wow. Me and Stefan Molyneux. Wow. Me and Ed Lattimore. Like, wow. Me and AJ. Like, no, that's a weird combination. I never thought that I would be a favorite content creator with, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. But there are people who, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. You know, and when we tune into our audience, uh, when we get to know our audience, we realize our audience is as diverse as we are. You know, and they don't want to take sides. Audiences don't want to take sides. They want to see people getting along. It doesn't have to be the Roman Colosseum where someone has to die. You know, someone has to murder somebody. Um, it can it can be a fight where the ref you know, puts both people's arms up, you know, it can be a draw. It's okay. It, it, we don't have to beat each other to death into the ground. We don't have to do that. Everyone has something to offer, no matter who they are. You know, and as we go through that and we talk about, you know, oh, they're my favorite content creators or, oh, you know, I, I like this about them or that about them. You know, the, the team you should really be rooting for is the team of you. Everybody should be rooting on like, here's what I need for me to improve my situation. Yes. It's, it's not about the other people. It really is about you. And I, I don't mean that in the selfish isolation way. I mean that in the very connected way. You know, yeah. some people need you and Ed when they're talking about, you know, I want the personal brand or maybe to improve their mindset, to grow confidence. 
or, oh, I need, I need George's wisdom combined with AJ's focus on fitness. How do I bring those two together? Because when you're asking, when you're talking about the 30 pound dumbbells, there, there's somebody out there who's like, man, my shoulders are killing me. And now I know why, because I listen to these two, uh, my life's better. My shoulders are better and I'm stronger for longer. You know, right. so each person's use is, and it's okay to be different. If nobody yes. should go in there and be like, oh, I can't believe you spoke to AJ. Dude, it, that one wasn't for you. That one right. was for the next guy. That was for right. this dude over here. And that's just move on, man. We have like an infinite reserve of content creators and information. Not every video that I do or podcast I do is going to hit with the same people, you know, and that's, that's, it's not supposed to, if you get along with everything I'm doing, we're not going to get along with each other. Cause I'm not going to like me. I'm me. <laughs> right. I want somebody who can bring something different into my life. I can learn from, I can work with, but I don't have a twin. I don't want a twin, you know? And that's, that's when we were talking about Donovan, you know, all these guys, I don't agree with all of them. No, uh, follower, fan, you know, whatever you want to call it. No, no individual out there who's consuming the content and using it to improve their lives should connect 100%. You know, that's just not how it works. It's, it's about the sum of the parts. You know, when I look at, when I look at what different people contribute into the men's development arena, which also women are watching the men's development arena. You know, I have about 13 or 14,000 women that are subscribers to my channel. Out of, out of the 166,000, there's about 13,000 women. And they're very vocal. And they're watching how us men act. And they're either coming to the conclusion that, wow, what a bunch of infighting little retards. <laughs> probably probably going to have to edit that word out. Um, you know, or are they saying, yeah, that's how men should be. That's how men should be. And that's what, um, like, I didn't start out being a channel that's designed for women at all. Yet when I do live streams, a lot of women choose to, to be known and get into the live chat. And initially I was like, oh, you know, come on, this is for guys. You know, this is a men's space quiet woman there's men talking you know you, you know the attitude yeah and uh so i'm thinking okay um and i don't want to be one of those guys like men don't have a space where they can just be by themselves i get that i 100 percent get that you know what i mean i you know like cigar lounges you know i don't want a woman coming to a cigar lounge that's yep. just my opinion i like it if i go to a cigar lounge that it's a bunch of guys in there you know what i mean because the conversation, as soon as a woman walks in, the conversation changes. Yep. I, it doesn't matter who you are, the conversation changes. So I would rather ask the women questions rather than give them ultimatums through the live chat. And I've done that and I don't feel good about it. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't add to the attractiveness of my channel. And I'm not compromising masculinity or anything like that. I mean, masculinity does not exist without femininity. Men do not exist without women. You know, you get a lot of the guys that are like, you know, MGTOW is freedom. Okay, I get that. I understand that. I, I totally do. But you get these guys that say women suck, but then they spend all night swiping on their phone, you know, on Tinder. I'm like, wait a minute. If women are so insignificant and so bad, then why the hell did you just spend two hours last night, you know, on your phone swiping? Or so, watching a video talking about them. 
You know, yeah, exactly. That, that's it trips me out. That that's a totally separate avenue. But I 100% see your point. I, I I love that you brought that up because it is something that is not discussed enough. Is like, look, we yeah, you talk so much about them not being the focal point that they become the focal point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I can say this. I mean, the more that I've watched you, um, and I guess by watching you, I'm walking a mile in your shoes. I'm watching how your family interacts. Uh, I mean, when I had a family, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't, there was VHS tapes, <laughs> you know, uh, and that was it. And cable TV, there wasn't computers. There yeah. wasn't, there was no such thing as social media. And I'm trying to think like if I was married with kids would I be on social media with them? Probably. If it was positive, I probably would do it. And I can appreciate what you're doing with your family and how you're dealing with your son and your daughter and how you and your wife contribute to, to bring up two amazing human beings because that's all that matters. Because at this point, it's not about you. It's not about her. It's about them. It's about the kids. And that you're both focused on that. And that's one of the things that I, that I really appreciate about Zach Small and his family. I appreciate that, George. And it's, it's, it, I struggle with that, you know, to be honest, it's, it's a line, you know, if, if people saw my, my real life is way cooler than my online life, you know, and when people see the kids, I've had a few times like, oh, you're using your family as props. And I'm like, I, yeah. I very rarely show the really intimate moments because that's for the family. The times you'll see the kids, for me to show, it, it's almost to combat that narrative that, that family men, you know, all kids these days are weak or obsessed with their phones. You know, it's, well, that's not my experience, you know, and right. I can't support this narrative. And I created this brand to bring awareness to this life. So there's, there's almost a need for social proof. You know, that's, you were talking about that dinner, you know, great example right there with Phil Foster. He can talk all he wants about how he's leading his home and he's got a great family. None of that matters. Not, not a fucking shred of that matters until you see him with his family. And then you're like, show me, just like I said, when you shake that hand, now I know you're the man you say you are on all these electronic means. Cause I see you now, you and I, we've, we've met in many different places, many enough times. I know you, <laughs> we, we've, we've sad. You've seen me on my highs. You've seen me at my lows. You've seen me engaging men. You've seen me leading men. You've seen me sitting by myself, you know, yeah. and I've seen you in all these different dynamics as well. You know, exactly. Yeah. I am who I say I am for people that aren't, you know, they've not broken that, that threshold from electronic to physical. There's always that, well, what's the catch? You know, what's, yeah. what, what is, what is he hiding? You know what? This guy's a fraud because there are so many frauds out there. So that's sort of the angle I've taken with that. You know, yeah. but I think if I weren't doing this, I don't think I would have them on social media. I don't, I don't think there'd be any point for me to have it. I'd be with them and leading yeah. them. But because this yeah. is the passion and the calling in what I do, you know, there's almost an element of me constantly shoving it in the face of all the detractors uh, of even the mainstream narrative of, you know, how they're trying to break apart the nuclear family, you know, with yeah. surgical precision. It's like, haha, yeah. you haven't gotten me, you know, not yet at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I like how I like how people act. Um, like there's a difference between 
posing for a picture and doing something on video. And, you know, I believe video is more impactful than, I think video is more impactful than, than, than pictures. I really do. Uh, video doesn't lie like pictures can. Yeah. And watching people interact on a ball field or rooting each other on or um, laughing together or, uh, you know, a family getting a dog or two or something like that. I mean, those are big deals. Those are, those are things that you always remember. Those are like milestones. Those are major milestones that you will always remember in your life. And, you know, it's uh, like in the world of psych, we used to say, if it's not written down, it never happened. That's why you become a documentation specialist in the psych field. If it's not written down, it didn't happen. And I think capturing moments, we back in the 50s and 60s, they called them Kodak moments, where you would just catch a, a great moment on camera, uh, a moment of blowing out birthday candles, uh, you know, a moment of bringing home, you know, the first puppy to the kids, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, a man bragging about uh, his wife's achievements in, in a certain area. I think that's awesome, especially in a world where, you know, that's considered weak or it's not masculine or it's blue pill or, or whatever, you know, whatever the hell it is. I, I think it's, it's just standing up in the face of a modern wave of cynicism, which has its roots in anger. That's it. Criticism has its roots in anger. I've never seen a critical video on YouTube that didn't have roots in anger. Never. There was never just, there's never just pure investigative, uh, you know, journalism going on. Uh, anything critical comes from anger, completely comes from anger. And what it does, it shields, it distracts you from your own shortcomings, how much you have failed, how ugly you are on the inside. And we're all, we all have an ugliness on the inside. And um, I can say this as I get older, because I made all those mistakes. I made all those mistakes. And, uh, and I've tried uh, repenting and making amends for those mistakes. And if people accept them, fine. If they don't, then, you know, that's whatever. Uh, I made peace with myself on that. And I think that's important. No, I agree. And I, I, again, back to your point on delivering that IV. That's why it's so important, you know, that you create the way you create that, that people start seeing that because you don't want anyone that's projecting their inner hate to somehow plant a seed in you to start feeling that same hate, you know, because yeah. if you start consuming it, you'll become it. Is this the whole staring into the abyss? You know, if you keep consuming the content, that's like, ah, women or, ah, you know, life or ah, family, you know, yeah. you start to really bite it and you, you could have had a totally different reality, but now you're so warped in your perspective that you'll never have those Kodak moments. You'll never have, yeah. I call it hanging Polaroids from your lifeline. 
you don't know when that spool is going to end, but when it's the end of your days, your brain's going to fly down that lifeline and you're going to look at all those Polaroids. What a shame it would be if there weren't too many hanging because somebody else had an issue and you allowed it to, to allow you to prevent you from ever hanging those things up. You know, but if they go to your channel and your content, now they're getting that IV back and like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling alive again. Now I can go do these things. Yeah. And there's a Kodak. Yeah. There's my Polaroid yeah. on the line. It's, yeah. it's different. And again, that goes back to using the social media, using technology as opposed to being used by it. You know, using social media to help you speak better. You go on, you get the confidence from watching, you know, one of your videos. All right, George, this is how you said you got into public speaking. I'm going to go to a Toastmasters. They go to the Toastmasters. All of a sudden, they're the individual. They're the man that's at the party and the shoulders are back. They're able to speak more confidently from their chest. They're not afraid of being heard, of saying the wrong thing. So they're not whispering so yeah. they don't get caught. That's the, the t- power we have. You know, that, that is the power of social media. It's the power of technology to improve our situations. But it does go both ways. And it's like that fire. It, it can heat your home and cook your food or it can burn the fucking town down. And how you Burn wield right it <laughs> down. Yeah. What, what do we want to use it for? I mean, uh, you know, negative things will get many times more views than positive things. And there's people who are just spectators and enjoy, like, for instance, if a house started burning down in your neighborhood, you know, the whole neighborhood would come out and just watch it burn down. There'd be a crowd of people around it, you know, and the drama of the fire engines showing up and rescuing people and all that stuff like that. And I think that's a lot of times what social media is. It's just a big giant, not to, not to use a overused phrase, but dumpster fire that people are just watching. And, um, you know, a, a train wreck of a, of a video, a train wreck of a life, um, you know, we're judging people, like judging people by five second sound bites. You know. Now I want people who are going to see that fire and they're going to grab a pail and they're going to run in and start trying to put it out. Yes. So yeah, I want to send them all to your channel. So what's the best way for these people to find your content, George? My channel is my name, George Bruno, and I produce content. On a regular basis, I can't say that I do it every single day, um, but I do a show called The Daybreak Show, and it's, uh, I wake up in the morning, I make coffee, and I start talking about life, period. That's all I do. Usually lasts anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes. I was doing it every day. Now I just do it on Fridays. Uh, When I go to a new studio, I'm literally going to be doing it five days a week. It'll be like a regular show that I do every single day. And then I do live streams um, that are, it could be an hour or two long. Uh, For instance, when I get done with tonight, I will uh, do a live stream on my YouTube channel and very little agenda, just talking to people about pipes and beards and writing and the latest book that I'm reading and that kind of thing. And people might ask a question here and there, and I get a super chat here and there and um, interacting with my subscribers versus just talking at them all the time. Now, is that the best so, way for them to contact you? Yeah. I, um, I would just say go to the YouTube channel. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. George, I know you're a busy man. And we, we, you know, I had maybe not an agenda, but I had a direction I wanted to go. And I'm much happier with where we went because that was a, that was genuine. Like that was an actual discussion without, there, there is so much that can be taken from this. And I really hope yeah. that people listening understand this is coming from experience. Th- this was not theory. None of this was theoretical. <laughs> this is lived, yeah. learned, applied, tested, reviewed. You know, it's, it's not a theoretical, well, here's how I think it works. It's like, no, this is, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. So it's very interesting how we got here. But again, I just appreciate your time for coming on. I know you're a busy man. Who's, who's next? Who, who are you going to have on your show next? So I'm trying to get Hotep. I'm going to get Hotep. I'm going to get Donovan on here. And then I'm huh. starting to chip away at a few names. So one of the things that I'm trying to do, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Sean Whalen. He's one of the guys I'm looking at. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I just finished uh, Justin Copeland. He's a new creator. You know, he's, he's working his way up. Just started the podcast. He's a father raising two boys and just his story, his drive, his motivation. I can see him becoming a, a much bigger name and a much bigger player in this, uh, the men's development arena. So yeah. I'm going to get him on the podcast, you know, introduce him to the world. Right. So those, those, those guys are, are in my, my short sites, you know, trying to get to, are you, but, are you creating uh, an audio version of this as well? Yeah. So this will be on the podcast and then next week I'll drop the video. Awesome. That sounds great. Oh yeah. Some people like to listen on commutes. Some people like to sit and watch. So yeah. I, I've started doing both. You know, my, my yeah. YouTube, honestly, I spent so much time focusing on, and this is totally riffing now, <laughs> spent so much time focusing on the writing. You know, I'm, I'm a much more heavy writer, content creator. I tweet more and I write in the blog more than anything else. And then I took to the podcast. So that re- was really picking up, but I do yeah. enjoy the YouTube aspect of just, it's a total, it's a different ecosystem, different people. You know, some people like that medium. So I'm trying to bring that there. And I, again, to your point on video, bringing a closer look at the creator, people can hear me and they hear my voice and they get this image of me. I'd rather them yeah. see us have this conversation and they'll know both of us better than if they just listen to it. True. True. So it'll be on both. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. So anybody listening, I will have links to all of George's content below. You can find them on there. And honestly, check the YouTube channel because the, the content going on, like I said, he did a documentary on fountain pens. And that's one of my favorite things to ever come out of the men's development arena because it was so different and interesting to me that it really opened my eyes to how far we can go with this. You know, it's, it's on life. It's not just on little niches. So check it out. Subscribe to his channel below. And thank you for listening to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.